Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Do we still believe that anything is possible? Do we still believe that cancer cells can be gone in the name of Jesus? Do we still do, do we still believe that chains can break in the mention of the name Jesus? That anything can happen, that the drug addict can be set free, that the broken family can be restored. Do we believe that anything can happen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. It is an honor and a and a privilege and a blessing that I do not take lightly to be in this pulpit. Um, it is no small thing, and I know that. So really quick, I would like for you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, starting at verse 19. Matthew 28, verse 19, and then we're going to jump down to Mark 16, verse 15. I want to give honor where honor is due and thank uh, my pastor, my father, Brother Cox, and then Brother Brom as well. Uh, You guys have been instrumental leaders in my life. And I say this every time, don't really know where I would be if my parents weren't uh, my parents. So seriously, I do give honor to them. Uh, They've taught me a lot, still are teaching me things, and I, I do respect them. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 reads, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Somebody say always. Always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. And then in Mark 16, chapter 16, verse 15 reads, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And it is just for this quick few moments that I want to preach to you from this topic. Don't forget the message. If you would turn to two or three people around you and just tell them, don't forget the message. We were honored and privileged. Well, I was honored and privileged. I just wanted my parents, I guess. But we were, I was blessed to be able to go up this weekend to the North American Missions uh, Conference that we were having in the cities. And the question that came upon my mind even before that, but then was later asked on my mind again during that conference was, how much is one soul worth to you? I want you to think about that. How much is one soul worth to you? Brother Brown and Sister Brown ministered in a mighty and powerful way. And, and, and one of the things that they said, that he said actually on the Friday night service that really struck home with me was, don't pray for the harvest. Pray for the laborers to be sent forth. So many times in my mind, I think, Lord, send the harvest. We need the harvest. We need the revival. But oftentimes, it is not the harvest that we are waiting on. It is the laborers. The greater Mankato area has approximately 103,000 people to 287,000 people. That is just an approximate estimation. And I was, I was sitting in uh, this little pool that we got the other two weeks ago, just for because it was super hot out. 
I don't know. Uh, can I say that? Yeah, I guess I can say that. And uh, we were just, I was just messing around in there. And I was sitting in the pool and I just thought, so how much is a soul worth to me? That's what I thought in that pool. I have no idea why. I think maybe it was the Lord, maybe it was just my brain saying, how much is a soul worth to you? And I, I, the more I thought about it, like if there was no natural water sources, if there were no lakes, if there were no rivers, if there were no baptismal tanks anywhere around, and one soul said, I wanted to be baptized, would I go buy this tub, fill it up, and baptize them? And I thought, well, obviously. But then the more I thought about it, the more I see practical everyday decisions that I make that have limited the number of souls that I reach. And that challenged me. And as I was thinking about that, I just thought about this message, and I believe the Lord has laid something on my heart to not forget the message. Whether this message is a simple reminder or a much-needed word is totally reliant on the individual and what you think your own purpose is. This message has one goal, and that is to remind us not to forget it. So first, what is the message? The message is the good news. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the death, burial, and the resurrection. First and foremost, this message is repentance. And this is just going to be groundwork. This is all it is. It's just groundwork from right now. So stick with me. We're going to dive into the word a little bit. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Second Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us were, not willing that any should perish, but that what? That all should come to repentance. Repentance is the first and most critical part of the message. Without it, we cannot move forward into the next process and the next parts of salvation. Repentance is not a weak act. I don't know if that ever has crossed your mind that maybe it is a weak act, but it is not a weak act. Repentance requires strength. It requires boldness. It requires a willingness to step out and admit that we are not perfect. And that after the fall of man, that, we have, that sin has entered the world and we can do nothing about it. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. It is not something that we, we can just... Be, we have to be strong and bold. We cannot be weak about this. Repentance is not a shallow thing. It is a deep decision that dwells inside the, a person's heart. It is the cry that calls out for a change. It is the surrender and submission to one who is higher than us and to one whose way is bigger than us. It is the plea for help out of situations that have kept you bound for years. Repentance is ultimately a cry for change. The next part of this message is baptism. John chapter 3, verse 3 through 6. Jesus answered and said unto him, he's speaking to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6, for that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Romans chapter 6, verse 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. 
Ephesians 4, 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Baptism is the washing away of sins. It is the burial of the old man and the raising up of the new. Baptism is the remission of every sin we have ever committed. We believe to be saved, as the Bible says, we must be baptized. Baptism is the miraculous power of God bringing new joy into a body that was dead. Bringing peace into a soul that could not rest. Bringing restoration into a shattered life. Baptism is definitely part of the message. And you might ask, why are you preaching this? We literally go to an apostolic church. We all know the message. I'm just reminding you one more time to not forget what we are still about today. This message is not old. This message has not lost its power. Just the mere fact that we are speaking the message can set souls free. It can deliver people from a broken, broken past. The third and final part of the message is the Holy Ghost. Titus chapter 3, verse 5, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I'm going, I'm going somewhere, I promise. The Holy Ghost is a gift from God. It is God dwelling inside of us. It is His power. It is His love. It is His joy. All of these things we are obtaining when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not something that can be purchased. It is not something that can be manipulated or recreated, reprogrammed or created or destroyed by man. It is by the mercy of God that He gave us this gift and of His Spirit that we can have life and that we can have life more abundantly. If you believe that, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? And so now the groundwork has been laid, and I've come to remind us again and ask this question now. Who is this message for? Who is this message for? Mark chapter 8, verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will... Come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Right there, it's in that passage. Whosoever will. Whosoever will, let him come. You see, this message is for everybody. Hands down. No question about it. Get rid of the stereotypes. Get rid of the, the needing, need to be qualified. Then You need to look like this to be saved. You need to act like this to be saved. This might be unpopular, but it is the truth. The message is for the drunk. The message is for the addict. The message is for the broken. The message is for the weary. The message for, is for every race under the sun. Red, yellow, white, or black. The message is for everybody. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 5, verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So daily in the temple, to me, means a few things. It means that the disciples and apostles went to teach church folk like us. But then it says that they taught in every house. That, to me, implies diversity. 
You see, if we want to be a church that does not forget the message, we cannot be a church that picks and chooses who we share it to. The message has to be shared to the whole world by the whole church. I love that the Condies just did that, that little presentation because it is just a simple reminder that they are sharing the whole message to the whole world. You see, the kids over there probably, the kids and the teens and the adults probably aren't worried if everything's buttoned up and nice and put together. They are desperate for the message. They are desperate for a word. There is a hurting and lost world out there and they need this message to save them. They need the, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the repentance, the burial, the baptism and the Holy Ghost to save their souls. And it is without, without this message, they would be lost forever. And that is our responsibility. It is our responsibility to share this message. We cannot forget the message, and we sure cannot forget who the audience is that it was supposed to be shared to. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 14 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Skip down to verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And if that verse does not challenge you, then I don't know what, what will. This, that verse 14 right there, it is a progression. It's, it's saying, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? They can't, they can't believe. They can't call on anything that they haven't heard. And how will they hear if there's nobody to tell them the message? It is a challenge. It is a call. It is a declaration saying you must go be that vessel. You must go be that witness. You must go reach that soul. Listen to this quote by Albert Barnes on this passage. He's a, he's a commentator, and I love what he says here. He says, When it is said that faith cometh by hearing, it is not meant that all who hear actually believe, for that is not true. Obviously, we know that. But that faith does not exist unless there is a message or report to be heard or believed. I found that so... In I'm going to read that again. I found that so interesting. For that is not true. But that faith does not exist unless there is a message or report to be heard or believed. It cannot come otherwise than by such a message. In other words, unless there is something made known to be believed. And this shows us at once the importance of the message and the fact that people are converted by the instrumentality of truth and truth only. He is saying, without the message, there is no such thing as faith. Faith is relative to the message they hear. So when we share this message, we are doing more than just reading a book. We are doing more than just going out into the, to the community and giving them a soup or something to, to hold them over. We are doing more than just our best effort. What we are doing is unlocking faith in their souls. We are giving them something to hope for. We are giving the law something to seek for. That is why sharing the message is so critical. It gives the hopeless hope. It gives the doubter confidence. It gives the unstable stability. The mere fact that we share the message unlocks faith in people's hearts. Think about that. By doing just simply what we are called to do, we are unlocking faith in people's hearts. But how will they believe in what they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? If we forget the message, some people will never know it. 
So when you go into your workplace, don't forget the message. When you go into your school, do not forget the message. When you go into your home, don't forget the message. When you go into your community, don't forget the message. Because this message has the power to save the lost soul. I wish somebody would get a burden down deep in their soul right now for that lost family member, for that lost relative, for that lost loved one, for that lost co-worker. We need to be reminded that this message still has power. In Acts chapter 10, we see the story of Peter and Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, verse 25 through 29. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, Ye know how, ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So basically what's happening here is Cornelius has a vision, and then Peter has a vision, and Cornelius sends for Peter. Peter comes to the house of Cornelius, and he's saying, what are you doing? Why did you send me? I can't be in your presence, but it is not up to me to determine who is common or unclean, is basically what Peter's saying. Verse 29, Therefore came I unto you without gain, saying, as soon as I was sent for, He's saying, I just came unto you as soon as I heard that you needed me. I ask, therefore, for what intent ye have sent for me? What do you want from me? Peter's asking. What do you need from me? Why did you send me? Send for me. Cornelius and Peter both have separate visions. Peter goes to this house and asks, why am I here? Why did you call me? And in the later verses, it says, then Peter opened his mouth in verse 34 and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You see, Peter is starting to understand what God is trying to do here. Peter is starting to realize why why God has sent me here. Now he's just sharing the message. Now he's just doing what he's always been doing. He's just sharing the message, what God has laid upon his heart, what he has seen, what he has witnessed. He's just being that, that, that witness to them. Acts 10, chapter 4, or Acts chapter 10, verse 42 through 48. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To give him, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remissions of sin. Do we still believe that? That through his name there is remission of sin. While Peter yet spake these words, verse 44, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. Peter wasn't preaching some profound, some profound theology. He wasn't preaching some, some buttoned up, like I've already said. He wasn't preaching some tight-knit sermon. What he was doing was just proclaiming that Jesus is God, He is one, and there is salvation in His name. We need to stop worrying about being so politically correct and being so perfect in everything that we are doing that we stop sharing the message. We need to go, therefore, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Not just one, not just two, but to every creature. Hallelujah. Verse 45, And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. So basically that's just saying the Jews were astonished because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. This Up until this point, that has never happened. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water, that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as, as well as we? 
And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed they, they him to tarry certain days. There needs to be an awakening of a Peter in this hour. I know it hasn't happened yet, but what if my whole school received the message? I know it hasn't happened yet, but what if my whole workplace received the message? I know it hasn't happened yet, but what if my lost family members and friends received the message? I know it hasn't happened, and I know it's unconventional, but Peter, it's not how things are going to be from now on. This is no longer just a message for a certain sect of people. Now this is a message for whosoever will. Let them come. This message is for the broken and the lost. It's for the, the tied up, the, 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 well, the well off. It's for everybody. Everybody under the sun, this message is for you. What if there's a revival coming of unqualified souls that we win to the Lord? What if there is a revival of new souls coming that can be won to the Lord? Peter had to preach to the Gentiles. Before that moment, that was unheard of. I tell us today that if we open our eyes and expand our vision, we can see anyone saved. We need to stop looking for the qualified and the saved. We need to stop worrying about if they will fit the script or not. We need to go into all the world. I can't hammer this in enough. We need to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is our one mandate to do while we are here, is to preach the gospel to every creature. I want a revival of hurting people. I want a revival of lost people. I want a revival of those who do not look like they should be saved. I want a revival... You know what? A church should not be just a, a gathering of all buttoned up, all nice looking saints. I thank God that it is. But a church should look more like a hospital than it does a, what was it, business meeting or something like that? It needs to look like we're actually making a difference in this community. If it stays the same and if it just stays stagnant, then we have nothing. And we have failed our purpose. I've been going for 20 minutes and 48 seconds. So you can all stand. If the music could come. Connect point. I was tasked with a simple burden for tonight, and I hope in that 20 minutes that I did, I don't believe you have to be long-winded, but I mean, who knows? Maybe you do. Maybe I'll just need to work on that a bit, I guess. But I want to challenge us with this one thing, and... I'm just going to come over here now, I guess. So, Right here. Multiply. That is, that is, our, our, that is our statement. That is our, that is our capital campaign that we are doing. That's our goal. That is our purpose right now. We are multiplying. What are we multiplying? Miracle and message. And up to this point, up to this point, I, I have heard a lot of multiplying the miracle. And I thank God and hear my heart. I thank God for the miracles. I thank God we are standing and sitting in a miracle building right now. And I thank God for that. And I love that he, will, he has provided and that he will continue to provide. But the point of multiply miracle and message was not just to stop at miracle. The purpose of multiplying the miracle and the message was not to just stop when we get nice things. The purpose of this capital campaign is not just to build a building. Because if we are just building a building, then we have lost our purpose and our vision. It is miracle and message. Do not get so comfortable with the miracle that you forget to spread the message. And, and this is one that was laid upon my heart. Do not let the sound of the miracle 
overwhelm the cry of the lost. You see, we are a city set on a hill, literally and figuratively. We are in the middle of so many regions, 300 and some thousand souls. If we are just here to put on a good show, if we are just here to, to, to look nice and to dress up every Sunday and go to church and then just live however we want the rest of the week, we have lost our purpose. And I'm off my notes by a lot. I'm just walking in what I, what I feel right now. These, these key verses... They are meant to inspire us and to challenge us. They, they teach us what we need to do to obtain the miracle and to spread the message. So Connect Point, I feel like on this Vision Sunday, this last service, and Pastor kind of talked about that today, but I feel like on this last attempt of the Vision service, we may need to just get in unity one more time about what our purpose truly is. What is your vision, Connect Point? Once we start spreading this message, once we start seeing other more revival, we've already seen revival, and I, I thank God for that. But once we see more revival, what is your vision? Is your vision to have a few more seats in between you and your neighbor? Is your vision, uh, is your vision updated sound and updated stage lighting? And I do thank God for all of that when it does come because that is needed. What is that your vision though? Is it just the physical? Is it just that? Or is your vision that backslidden cousin you have been praying for that prayed back through in an altar? Is your vision that lost co-worker that was on their way to an eternity of torment coming up out of the baptismal tank? Your lost parents or grandparents weeping in an altar? I plead with us today, the miracle is great, but don't let the miracle be the only part of this story. We have to spread the message. And we can all come to these altars right now. And I pray that our vision would be realigned. Lord God, help us to realign our vision. Let us get our purpose realigned. It is time to start spreading the gospel over this region. Over Mankato, over Eagle Lake, over Madison Lake, over Janesville and St. Clair and Pemberton. Over all of these regions and these cities, Lord, we need your divine hand on it. We cannot do it alone. Help us to win one soul at a time. One soul at a time. How will they hear without a preacher? I pray that that word settles into your soul right now. How will they hear unless we go therefore into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature? It's time Connect Point unlocks its vision and propels us forward into the harvest. The harvest is plenteous. The laborers are the, the issue. The laborers are few. Help us, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.